it's weird how C3PO and R2 are essentially tied at the hip and everybody loves R2D2. He's like everybody's favorite droid. But C3PO, everyone's like, man, he can go fuck himself. Even the people in the show are like that or in the movies. Yeah, they are they they bully C3PO. I I think he's I think he's okay. Like I don't really find him he's he's not more annoying than Luke. <laughs> That's true. He whines equally as much as Luke. So and you can't shut Luke off. It's true. You can you can spank him like daddy did, but you can't shut him off. <laughs> in the new trilogy, they have to translate something in Sith and uh he has it like that translation like in the back of his memory banks or something so that, but to do it they're gonna have to like hard reset him so he would forget everybody but he has to do it to try to help save the day and it's like such a, like a weird satanic thing when they do it because like he's having to like they reset him and, and he's like on gun chunk on my ton chunk on the dragon <laughs> like all right yeah it wouldn't be too much of a stretch just for like the, the tongue wouldn't be too much of a stretch for i don't know say like someone that also knows gungan to be able mm. to speak sith Jar Jar's the key to all of this. Star Wars is playing the long game here. And in the next trilogy, Jar Jar's going to be like, I've been here all along. They won't. But if they wanted a license to print money, they would. That shit would be killer. If Even if it were just me, I would be fully back. <laughs> I, would be, I would totally be back. How much money would someone have to pay you to get a Jar Jar Binks tattoo? Would you do it for 500 bucks? No. I mean, like a small one, like on your butt cheek or something. No? Mm -mm. All right. What about $5,000? Maybe. $50,000, but it has to be a big picture Jar Jar on your chest. No. (laughs) I don't blame you. I do love the idea that you really thought about it, though. Yeah, I tried to think about it. I tried yeah. to treat it like real life. Here's the thing. Everybody everybody acts high and mighty. When it comes to almost everything, everybody has a price. Like, there's not much. I mean, like, you could act high and mighty about getting any kind of tattoo, whatever it would be, Betty Boop on your butt cheek or whatever, a poop emoji on your forehead. We all have a price. Like, would you want a poop emoji on your head for $50,000? No. But what if it was $50 million? Now you're thinking about it. Everybody has a price. If it's if you make more money than it costs to comfortably remove that tattoo, yeah, it's not as dangerous anymore. So, yeah, if it were like one million for the poop emoji, then it's like, oh shit, be given half of that back to get rid of this tattoo. You're you're stuck with it basically. Half the rappers to... today have poop emojis like under yeah. their eye or on their forehead. So I mean, like, it's, well, you'd be fine. The thing is, all you have to do is put a little white band and a pink band and a little cone under it, and it's like Gucci Man. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I think he got that removed, but he had the ice cream on his cheek for a once, long time. Once Gucci started doing face tats, it was over. Like, there was nothing that was off limits at that point. And then Post Malone comes out looking like, literally, like, you know, he looks like his face looks like uh, the desk of seventh grade. <laughs> yes. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think we might be in the golden era of streaming. I think we were in the golden era of television, and that's still sort of true. 
uh, like 80s, I think is like the golden era of movies. And you could probably speak more to this than I could. But then I thought about television and I thought, you know, like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead and all these things that have come out in the last, you know, decade or so. But now we're moving into like streaming only, streaming exclusive shit like Prime and, and Hulu and Netflix, like exclusive. I think, first of all, you know, by its very nature, it hasn't been around that long. But I think that this will be looked at 30 years from now as like, oh, wow. They like the best media content, like video wise, was coming out on streaming platforms, not in the theaters in that era. The nerds might think about that, you know, the people 30 years from now aren't going to give it, you know, a lot of them just won't give a shit. Like a lot of people don't care about watching 70s movies because it's the best decade or whatever. So, but some people will. Yeah. And they'll look back and they'll probably see where, you know, probably turn of the century millennium, you know, you got the Sopranos on the air and then you've got, you know, Oz and Deadwood, all these shows that were basically in quality stacking up right next to movies and then by the end of the 2000s you had network shows like lost and uh gray's anatomy even like yeah getting like er like mad mad men i mean we're talking about shows that had like budgets like they were movies but they were tv shows right and then so then it went it went from premium cable to network and then yeah yeah. i see i see where you're going with okay and then to cable tv yeah so when it goes uh, from HBO to AMC, like that's like the shift. And so then when you've got stuff on like cable TV, like FX and AMC that are winning awards, Nip Tuck and shit, yeah, sure. Then I don't Jersey know what Nip, I don't know what Nip Tuck was winning, but um, I thought Nip Tuck was like, big. I I never watched it, but I, I thought it was I thought it was I big. Yeah, I'm, unless they had unless they had an Emmy award for best threesome that they added, I I doubt Nip Tuck won any. Mm. I think I think Nip Tuck was one of those shows that if you stayed up late, you could possibly see a boob on for like a split second. I think it was kind of mm-hmm. like Bliss on E Network, where it's like you stay up till eleven thirty, and then there might be like a one second shot of a nipple. What else did FX have? Rescue well, me. Always Sunny, obviously. The Shield had the Shield. Yeah, that was a big one. Didn't they have that- Archer? Was that them? Yes, and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, and I guess now I don't know if it's any good. Oh, was that them? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good show. Um, they've got the Mayans now, which is like the spinoff. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's any good or not. Mm-hmm. They got Dave. You like Dave? For I haven't seen Dave yet. Yeah, Dave is good. You haven't watched that yet? Mm-mm. Oh man, that shit. That show is made for you. I'm not a big little dicky guy. It doesn't matter. It's it's similar to. Um, I mean, it's not Atlanta, but it's it's similar to Atlanta in oh, okay. even if you didn't think of him as a rap, like it just it's just a, a quality TV show. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's it. And the, what's funny is they get you because it starts off like kind of dumb. And then before you know it, like you're sucked into like this real story. and You're like, man, how am I catching feelings for this dumb shit? OK, fair enough. Yeah, it's not it's not as good as Atlanta. It's not. But it is really good. I think there's a new season of Atlanta coming out. It's on right now. They may have just done the finale. I haven't watched it yet. I was just going to wait till I've been going yeah. through X-Files. I'll, ooh, okay. I need to watch that. I, I've never, I remember it being a big thing, especially when we were kids, but I never really got into it. Yeah, I would try, I'd watch it late at night sometimes, but I don't yeah. think, uh, my parents definitely didn't 
care for it. So it was never like on the TV. Yeah, if they were watching Howdy Doody time. Exactly. Star Trek. Oh, well, did uh, you enjoy that that little clip from the season premiere of The Boys? I thought it was gross. Really? You thought that was gross? Interesting. And just sad. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was like, is this like, did Seth, I just picture Seth Rogen and be like, uh, yeah. And so then, uh, then he's going to like go. Uh, so I, so really... I don't want to get into the specifics of it for a few reasons. One, it's very graphic. And two, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say, and put your earmuffs on if you haven't watched it yet. But I did read an article and it's what I thought when I watched it is they were like having fun at remember the memes that came out between infinity war and Endgame when people were like oh yeah ant-man's gonna kill thanos he's gonna crawl on his ass and explode him from the inside out do you remember that being a popular meme um i think yeah yeah so they were like let's just fucking do it it'll be funny and it was but the problem is they put an image in my head that i can never remove now see i've done i did a pretty good job of trying to forget it immediately so well i don't know you're not me yeah it's it's stuck with me yeah why would you share that with me if it was so traumatic because why i want to bring that everybody evil on down. me ricky yeah. bobby because i can't suffer alone yeah it was like no and then i like felt i felt bad for the ant man because he's just like traumatized like, it's awful yeah, The Boys is a crazy show, and you see stuff kind of like that, not that severe, but stuff like that all the time. And it's like, I mean, it's what it would be like if people really were that, like, souped up. You know, like, we we joke about, you know, Superman being this strong and stuff like that. But you know what? When you're that, like, crazy strong, like, what if you have a bad day? Or what if you have an accident or something happens? Like, you know, those people are like ants to you. So it would be very easy to accidentally, like, fuck somebody's shit do you like uh fashionable shoes are you into jordans and yeezys and the like no i've never tried to keep up with the with the shoe game i heard people get shot for their sneakers so i was like oh <laughs> I better true. be careful i'm not cool enough to really be in on it um also i don't have enough money to be in on it like that but uh, i do appreciate good looking sneakers uh the problem with sneakers when you start getting into it is that once you have these really nice shoes, now you got to have the outfit to go with it. And you can't be seen wearing the exact same thing every day. So it's like, it's like a never ending cycle. Now I've got 30 pairs of shoes, 30 different outfits and 30 different maxed out credit cards. And then you're worried about them all the time. Like no, most people throughout all of history, shoes were just made for walking. They protect your feet and it's, it's function over fashion. Slowly we've worked into the fashion part of it and I can appreciate a good looking pair of shoes but I hate having to worry about like, oh, am I creasing these? Am I getting them dirty? I can't walk on grass. Like these are shoes and they're made to be walked on. Right. It's a, it's be very difficult in like a rural area to keep shoes like that clean. But I don't even know how people do it in like the urban areas. Like I know there's concrete everywhere, but. Well, I, I have noticed a lot of those types of shoes that are like really popular, especially like in an urban area are more of like leather stuff. Like a lot of the Jordans are like, something you could wipe off. They're not like the the meshy cloth, like a pair of Brooks's that are made specifically for running. Um, or like low-top boots, like Timberland or something. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, like I said, I can appreciate it. I, I text, I text you pictures of shoes constantly like, Oh man, these are cold. I'll literally will never buy these, but they're cool. Like I'm not cool enough to wear them. I don't have enough money to have an entire outfit to go with that. Yeah. That's how I, I also feel when you send me the tattoos. Yeah. Like, I don't exactly. have enough money. Yeah. I can't, I'm not in that. I'm not it would be sick. enough. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, cool enough to get a gigantic full-size tondro tattoo on my arm i'm not yeah. rad and sick and to do something like that if so. i was going to get an anime character i would get spike spiegel and i and you know like if i would i would legitimately would consider under the right circumstances in the right part with the right artist getting a spike spiegel but that would yeah. be the only one yeah i feel like spike spiegel is probably more of a american ba- here basic white girl japanese <laughs> yeah i don't know um I mean, man, right on look, cue, Jeff. Being if basic. I, if I was, yeah. If I if I had the money, if I had the Odell Beckham money, I would be tatted up like Odell Beckham. But I don't. I don't know what I would do. To You'd my be body. like the Birdman. Probably, probably just hire someone to make me eat better. Yeah, a uh, nutritionist. The thing is, like, like Odell, I saw a thing like he has a legitimate like chef. Like someone comes to his house, makes him healthy and delicious meals that would be sick well he's he's too busy uh clapping back at the haters so yeah <laughs> he doesn't have time <laughs> what would be like the thing that if let's say you had money like that like okay you're a major league baseball player and you've got a hundred million dollars in the bank what's the first big dumb thing you would buy dumb thing dumb thing like i'm talking like nick cage like i bought a million dollar car and put it in my living room for decoration something like that i'd do something for like my mom and dad no i said dumb thing oh right so i'd probably like get them like a year long no yeah Um, get them a subscription to netflix for the whole year the first dumb thing probably try to like give it to charity because that's dumb not if you donate it in the name of Kiyajiro Rengoku. I would definitely give any large donation in the form of yen. That way it just seems like so much more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Real Folk Dudes podcast. I'm your water-breathing companion, Jazzy Jeff, alongside me on the other side of the laptop and the other side of the country, the flashy West Coast Walker. So groovy. I am a god, and you three are trash. (laughs) At Real Folk Dudes on Twitter, Real Folk Dudes Facebook group, follow us on our social media and be up to date on all things Real Folk Dudes. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Today, we are going to be talking episode two, Infiltrating the Entertainment District. It's on like Donkey Kong, sir. So yeah, we, open, to get to it. we open with Tangan telling the boys that they are trash and that he is a god, the golden god. So a, a similar situation, it looks like, is going to appear here. We are going to get Tangan running off with the boys. Uh, I guess he will be in that leadership mentor role similar to the Rengoku thing. So we'll see how it compares and how it, I'm sure it's not, he's a very different person than Rengoku. And this is a different, uh, like, I don't know, setting that it's not a train. We are in basically horror central. 
and Tandro and Inosuke are have been in two very different ways. One in a small town, one in the country, have both well, been sheltered from. I, from we know scene. a country boy can survive, but I don't know. We'll see. They can run a trot line, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but if they if they grew up, presumably Zenny grew up closer to to quote unquote denser civilization. Yeah. To, um, yeah, Tengen already given off the Dionysus vibes. I had to look oh. up when he said God of Festivals. I thought, okay, I don't know about flashiness, but festivals, that sounds familiar. And sure enough, it was Dionysus or nice. Bacchus, I guess, in Roman uh, nice. mythology. So total, sometimes healthy hedonist, pro, pro-sex positivity kind of guy. Definitely pro-sex. He fucks. So Tengen says that he is the god of festivals and flashiness. Zenitsu, super put off by him. Uh, he, he actually says, oh, yeah, he's more like the god of stupidity and idiots. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're big man. Okay. And Nosuke is like, you know what? That's awesome because I'm actually a god too. I'm the god of the mountain. And Tengen Amazing. looks at him like, you are a chump. Zenitsu actually is uh, very aware of what's going on here. He recognizes that Nosuke and Tengen are the same person. There okay. are some there are some similarities there. He's they're definitely both, kind they're of they're both like, type A's. Yeah, he's pro, I think he's pro, he's projecting a lot of how he feels about Inosuke onto onto Tengen, and then and probably um, we'll see more later is kind of jealous of. I mean, because you know Inosuke, um, we know Inosuke is pretty good looking. Uh, kid when when he's not got yeah. the, the mask on he's got that and, raw beauty yeah zenny zenny <laughs> doesn't like it if you're if you're up, yeah. if you look better than him so tangan takes off running and he leaves the boys in the dust he's fast as fuck boy and the boys take off following their new hashira mentor so let's get it started uh it's nighttime we see the boys being pulled in a cart into the entertainment district in the dark and uh they are overwhelmed by the the big crowd of people and the the lights and you know in their world nighttime dark quiet nobody and this is everything the opposite of that now there it's you know bright lights big city and this is not something that they are accustomed to yeah, and nosuke makes there. a quote here oh there's too many people even to count that's cute yeah. I love this little moment here, and I'm sure you <laughs> have some thoughts about it. Zenitsu uh, gets spotted by some women up uh, in a balcony, and uh, they offer him to come up for some candy. And uh, he blushes and runs away. Yeah, I feel he, that. <laughs> he made some kind of comment about, like, oh, my gosh, the women here are even forward or something like that. Zenny is, like, the kind of dude that, like, he, like, marks out at the strip club. Like, he thinks it's real. Yes, yes, yes. He but thinks, it's interesting like, what, that... He thinks, like... That he's getting the actual comp, like he's getting the first actual compliment all day that they've given someone. He's chasing every piece of tail he can get, and as soon as a woman, like these women, are are showing him attention, he's like super shy and scared of it. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like it's like the Joker, like oh, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I got it. Oh, it's totally, totally like the Joker. He definitely rem- he reminds me of the Joker. People say that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tangan explains that the city is a ghost town during the day, but it comes alive at night. So, I, you know, like Las Vegas vibes for sure. You had mentioned that or uh, 
a little bit of NOLA. Yeah, New Orleans. I mean, a bit. or a- Amsterdam, obviously. Yeah. Um, this the arc was originally it's originally called the the red light district. Um, they changed for here, but yep. In the words of Playboy Cardi, when the sun goes down, yeah, it's time to creep. Yep. And actually, Zenitsu, uh, as he was walking off, he says, "Call me the Renaissance man. Get up, and I stay harder than a cinder block man." Yep. Didn't see him then, saying that, but that's that's what he said. And then Tenganuzi said, "Haters got sad. Our money got longer. Speaker got louder. Car got faster." You're so. Uh, this makes the perfect place for demon activity, and uh, the women here uh, often become courtesans. And I had to Google this to make sure because I was like, this sounds like hookers. And Walker, they're talking about hookers. <laughs> These are our whores. These are whores, as uh, Frank from Always Sunny would say. Or Ralph Cifaretto from The Sopranos. First of all, she <laughs> was a whore. So these courtesans climb the ranks uh, and they get bought off by a rich person if they're really good at being a courtesan. And the highest ranking courtesan is named, is called a Oren. And uh-huh. uh, she's known for beauty and intelligence that are unrivaled. Yeah, it's spelled differently, but it reminded me of, it makes me wonder if when uh, Quentin Tarantino, he wrote Kill Bill, uh, Lucy Liu's character, Oren Ishii. But Oren is spelled differently, but I wasn't hmm. sure if maybe he was going... Um, for that vibe not that she's like a sex worker but her character is very like uh i guess sexual in a lot of ways yeah um yeah i think and this era you know taisho era is like dawn of the 20th century um free love I th- well i think you know in some not areas free, you of the world, some areas of the world in this time yeah i mean it's a job of or rend it would be a job of of respect yeah like it wouldn't be um at least, and at least in as far as that town goes, they seem to be treated as such. Oh, and, yeah, like celebrities. More... Mm-hmm. At least the good ones. Tengen explains to the boys that they should seek out his wives uh, while he searches for the demons. And he has three wives. My man has three wives. And each wife is at a different courtesan house and uh, receiving intel. All three of his wives are ninjas, apparently, known as kunichis. And <laughs> he's got to send the kids out because they are more inconspicuous and they aren't as flashy. So they can infiltrate, whereas he can't. Because what's he going to do? Uh, a stud like him comes in looking all flashy. They're going to red flag immediately. He's a rock star. I mean, he's like he's uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. or something. He's yeah. just a rock and roller. Yeah. If he's going to do it, he's going to pimp it for sure. Yeah. And it's going to look and he's. He, he's good at it so it's like his yeah i mean so it looks awesome yeah. when he does it doesn't look forced or anything no no he's just a swag champ there's nothing you yeah. can do about that so we see the boys uh they're dressed up in drag they are uh trying to get accepted into the courtesan houses of the three in the three respective don corneo's house at wall market literally huge yeah. vibes of this yes definitely tondro gets taken first because he looks the most obedient makes sense i mean if you have three kids that aren't don't particularly strike you as good looking you're like that kid looks like a pleaser i'll take that one so the other two boys are walking with tangan and they see a huge swarm of people and uh there's just a ton of pageantry and uh it's house tokido's konitsu 
and she is the highest rated courtesan heading off to meet her suitor. Like she looked like legit royalty. Mm-hmm. And uh and Nosuke is taken shortly thereafter uh when someone notices his unrefined beauty, uh someone from the Ogamudo house. And yeah, they call it like an Oran walk, which I can only uh presume is the equivalent of like a casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, Zenitsu gets picked last because he's the worst looking girl. So Tengen actually has to get a little pushy to uh, get the Kayagoku house to accept Zenitsu. He basically is like, look, take this girl. She'll do whatever you want. I'm giving it to you for free. She'll clean. She'll clean toilets. She'll take out the trash. She'll sweep the floors, whatever you need. She's, she, you know, she's yours. And they're like, ah, fine. And uh, now we see Zenitsu just shredding on this little banjo guitar thing called a shamazan. And he takes this instrument. He's a prodigy and it goes back. He's, he's a very talented kid. And clearly he's got a little artist in him because he picks up this instrument. And he just starts shredding it. And I love that you can see like the, the lightning bolts flying around as he's doing it. It's like, he's focusing his breath into this art and it's really cool to see. Yeah. He was like a Earl Scruggs or something like that. Tondra what did he say? He said no. something like he was going to like, he gets mo- like, he gets so motivated. Yeah, yeah, he starts channeling it all and shredding and then saying, um, and then as soon as he gets praise, he's like, not only, not only do I not hate doing this anymore, I'm going to be the greatest Oran. I'm going to be the top one. Well, Yoshiwara. I've always said this. If you're ugly, learn to play an instrument. Do something. Tanjiro is predictably number one employee after one day kid crushes it he he can't help himself he he's all over the place like if there's not even something that needs to be done he's getting it done and uh, he overhears a few of the girls talking about the kaigoku houses uh, uh one of the girls that had died falling out of a out of a window and uh they also mentioned the rising number of girls committing what was called ashinuki ashinuka mm-hmm. do you remember how they said that uh ashinuke that sounds right which is fleeing with the house without paying your debts and uh, they proceed to tell tanjiro that that's what oiren suma had done uh and tanjiro recognizes this name as one of tengen's wives Mm -hmm. so uh koinetsu interrupts the the conversation and tells the girls to stop spreading rumors and she's very impressed with Tanjiro's work and offers him candy. Apparently, all the women here just give candy to everybody. That's just their thing. I don't, I don't know. Tanjiro tries to ask her more about Suma, and uh, she asks him why he wants to know. And I love this. Tanjiro tried to tried – to, well, he successfully bluffs, but it looks awkward as hell. He, so he tells a lie. He says that Suma is his sister. He's so incorruptible. He's so pure. He's on them he, edibles. That yeah. they gave him. He yeah, he cannot tell a lie like with a straight face. And what it reminds me of is when you when you play Dungeons and Dragons and you have like your character will be so like a, a certain score for strength and a certain score for deception. And it's like if you have a very low deception, let's say you have a two deception, and then he just rolled the dice and he rolled like a three, like he still did it, and their guard's not up, so they're gonna buy it, but it looked awful. It's like rolling an athletics check and you just like trip and fall on your face. Yeah. Uh, Tengen's wives to me are like, uh, I mean, without saying too much, but because we've really only gotten to, to a couple, 
but they're like a destiny's child because they're independent women. There's one word to describe Tengen's wives, and I'm trying to think of it. Three. Three, yeah, three. Three wives. So she tells him that she was surprised that she would commit Ashinuke, and she found a diary saying that she was going to run away. And Tanjiro is immediately like, hmm, thinking to himself, that's suspect. It seems mm-hmm. like the perfect cover-up for demons. So we cut to Inosuke as he overhears some of the women talking about Makio, Tangan's other wife, and how she's not been feeling well and not checking in. So Inosuke decides to investigate. We see inside of the room, Makio is being detained in these, what do you call those things? Ropes, streamers, bandages? Yeah, however a straight jacket works. Probably one of those words. Bound. And that is the end of the episode. Who is your MVP for this episode? We'll just say Tangan. I mean, I mean, he has he probably has the most definitive moment of the whole show at the very beginning when he says, I'm a god and you three are trash. And to, uh, what is it, drill that into your heads or hammer that into your heads? Mm-hmm. Pound that into your heads, I believe. Pound. Pound to think I am a god. Hurry up with my damn croissant. I gave Tengen the MVP as well. He is fabulous and he has three wives. He is a legend. I mean, they might have had a union. Like, that's what they need now. So maybe they had a union back in the Taisho era. Maybe they did. But even still, whole business is still whole business. Like, maybe it means you don't have to suck six dicks in one day, but you're sucking at least a dick. Yeah, but you're getting like they're they're living good and they're you know looks like yeah. no I mean I, they get I'm, respect. Look, I'm, so. I, I'm not judging that profession. Like yeah. you earn it, uh, and it's kind of cool to see that they prop these these women up as like legitimate celebrities. Like you know they're they seem to have more influence than a lot of people in this city. Yeah, they're like UFC fighters. They're like Instagram influencers yeah baddies episode three what are you we open with the flashback and uh, we see a beautiful woman sealing letters with a kiss i don't know if you saw this episode of seinfeld but it reminded me so much of the episode when george costanza was going to get married to susan and he's he goes cheap on the uh wedding invitations and it turns out it was they were made with like old, shitty, dangerous glue that had been like expired or whatever. And when she licked all the envelopes, it poisoned her and she died. Yeah, but he but didn't George spend that as like a sob story? That yes. like that but it, no matter what it does, just it still blows like, up in his face. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, you were gonna get married. And he's like, Yeah, but I'm still single now, but not explaining why he's single, just making it sound like he got dumped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, her, parent, her parents were rich, and they're like, we're going to give you the money. And he's like, oh, sweet. He was like, well, we're actually going to start a foundation. You're not actually going to get any money. You're going to be in charge of the foundation, and we're going to work around your schedule because we know you work. So every day after work and your weekends, you can come and run this, <laughs> run this foundation for free. <laughs> so uh, we see a, the, a woman confronting the uh, George Costanza's wife as she's uh, licking all these envelopes, kissing them. And uh, 
she when she walks in, the doors close, and then the doors swing back open, and the woman that went in accusing is just suddenly gone. She has vanished. So we're going to cut to current day, and we see a horny man walking into Ogimoto House. Tangan's wife, Makio, is bound to fall in, in love, but really mm-hmm. she is bound by the demon, and uh, this uh, the imagery here um, that we see as this large-chested gal is strung up in a very, I don't know, provocative position. This has got to be like a hentai creator, hentai creator's like dream. Mm-hmm. Like goodness gracious. But props to Tangan. And uh the demon senses Inosuke is approaching and pulls Makio up towards the attic. When Inosuke swings the door open, he finds the room is empty, but notices like a rumble in the attic. And I think he felt like a breeze too. We actually yeah, get a pretty- he figures it out. Yeah, we get a pretty cool chase scene where he's like running around the house trying to track down like a just listening to the the rattling of the demon through the walls. And uh, he accidentally ends up punching the horny dude in the face. And I think as he is, the dude's like, what are you doing, cutie? And then he gets like a face full of fist. Yeah, he sees the debris floating outside the window. Yeah. And he knows that something's something's amok. So we're going to cut to Zenitsu as he wanders the halls and he overhears a young girl crying. This is the easiest way to alert Zenitsu. He's, he's all ears for this. And uh, when he finds the girl that's crying, he's interrupted by the cold presence of a woman standing behind him that he immediately recognizes to be a demon. And he presumes an upper ranked demon. He doesn't even see her. He just senses her. Right. So uh, she ends up grabbing that little girl by the ear and pulling her up and her face starts to bleed and in a supremely brave moment zenitsu grabs the demon by the arm and tells her to take her hands off the girl and she gives zenitsu a like spinning back fist and knocks his clock off and uh she's really about to fuck him up when the head of the house walks in and essentially begs her to stop because he'll be humiliated Uh, because people are getting ready to start coming in and she's like okay no no no, you're cool like my bad you know i'll chill she's new but as she's leaving uh she thinks to herself no that's not a random girl that that girl has some sort of ties with the demon slayer core not a hashira not that level of skill but still trained and then uh we see she seals another envelope with a kiss and says that the Demon Slayer core has, quote, taken her bait. Loved seeing Zenitsu like that, man. Like the kid, it's not, I'm not gonna say he's brave now, but like he's 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 changing a lot. Yeah, and he knows there's a lot of women around in the red light district. So he's definitely he's on his game. He's yeah. shredding banjo, he's throwing his life on the I mean, he just had a sick concert. He's he's not afraid of anything. Yeah. He's, he's a punk yeah. monk. This is this is his arc right right here, man. So we see the flashback confrontation that we got from the beginning of the episode, as uh, the woman notices the eyes of the the demon that she's confronting, and as she sees the eyes, she's like, "Oh my gosh, like you're a demon." And when she says this, the candles go out, and suddenly she is suspended above the house, and the demon tells her that she won't eat her because she's an old hag. And she just drops her to her death, returns to her room, and she is greeted by 
none other than the man himself, Muzan Kabuchiji, and he is in full Michael Jackson mode right now. He looks straight up Michael Jackson. It's pretty rough. Or and Raphael then, coming yeah. through the the ceiling in uh, Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Equally um, accla- acclaimed. So, Emotional. Yeah, powerful. Muzan actually gives her props, and it was kind of jarring to hear this for me because I'm like, okay, has Muzan changed? Because this is a flashback. Has Muzan changed, or is this demon so badass? Because we saw what he did to Akaza. Is this demon so badass that he's like actually giving her praise? And I think it's the latter. Yeah, he really he really likes her. I don't know if I don't know if it's just for her looks or what, but well, she she is a baddie, but she's, she's also killed seven Hashira. Yeah. Even badder. She, she's she's no joke. Um, he does a little world building for us here as he tells her something that she probably already knew, but we needed to hear, which is that um a skilled demon slayer core member can recognize a demon within seconds. But demons can't really distinguish Hashira very easily. There are a few telltale signs, like um, they could tell the blood type or the genetic makeup, but it's it's not as easy and it's not as quick for them to identify where a Hashira can tell if you're a demon like that. So he goes on to tell her that she is an extraordinary demon, and then he tells her to beat it. Oh yeah, no, he's all he he really she she might be his she might be his current favorite right now. The way the way he was he was gushing on her. He was he was proud and he's probably pissed off the demon from the train and definitely pissed off at Akaza. So yeah. Maybe well, uh you know, heaping some you know, sharing it for someone and it looks like uh uh Dakai gets it. So I think she's no joke, man, because we're just now starting to really understand how how like fucking good the Hashira are. She's killed seven of them. So, like, she is cream of the crop. So, the episode ends with Tanjiro uh, in the night doing chores because the kid works 24-7. And he says that he, or he thinks to himself that he smells uh, unsettling scent, the murky scent in the air at night, the smell of sake, latex, and regret. And the episode ends. <laughs> Things are heating up, man. Yeah, um, this show had two, it had two post credit scenes. Kind of tripped me up for a second. I almost missed yeah, it. And and the first one is like real content. Yeah, I guess we can hop into that. It, we yeah, it looked like it ended kind of. Uh, it just was going to end with like a little, like just a little bit of story building and then close. But they g- give you a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, we see Zenitsu waking up. Uh, the young girls are there to greet him when he wakes up. They've brought him a little snack. They've brought him an ice pack and they thank him for his chivalry. And uh, he almost blows his cover here when he's like, any man would rescue a woman in need. And he's like, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> he can't help himself. They tell him that he's the kindest person that, that they've ever met. And uh, they walk off as in smiles. And then suddenly he is totally engulfed in these wraps of the demon. And that's where we leave off. Damn, shoo! He couldn't enjoy his win for he enjoyed it for. It was great too because they like give you like this moment where he's like clearly like, you know, um, happy, content, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say, and it's very short lived. It's a very out of the frying pan into the fire situation. Sure, sure. 
Okay, let's talk about the little funny uh, post-credit scene. We got a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Zenitsu is having a Christmas party, and uh, he wanted to invite Nezuko and Nezuko alone. Sure, and sure. When he enters the door, it's Tanjiro, Giyu, Inosuke, and Nezuko, and they all come in, and they're all wearing ridiculous outfits, and they have blown his his uh, plan up. Tanjiro is wearing like some kind of like Shogun outfit. Giyu is wearing a suit. I can't remember what Inosuke was wearing something ridiculous as well. I don't know. I, I guess they were just being silly with it, but Nezuko had like a breadstick instead of like the piece of bamboo in her mouth. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to like, I couldn't pinpoint what they were doing except Tanjiro. Like I couldn't really. Yeah. Tanjiro it's kinda... funny they chose the uh, the breadstick because, you know, they're in the entertainment district. There's like all these whorehouses. They could have easily found like a ball gag for Nezuko. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of websites that have that art <laughs> drawn up somewhere. Or uh, like a big... uh. Big, big, long plastic hog. <laughs> no, they're still kind of setting up dominoes. And um, what's crazy is though, as they set up the dominoes, it's still like super entertaining. Oh yeah, the visuals have been stunning. Like they've been given, they've been kind of doing other. They've been putting other facial expressions and faces on some of the characters and kind of adding some dimensions that way. And part of that's, I'm sure, the production and the. The number of animators has gone up, but um, I'm a sucker for the change of the the setting, like the the scenery. Uh, I, you know, I, it gets stale if you're in the same place for all, all the time. And I loved like the first episode. You're in the snow, and, and and you spend a lot of time in like the wilderness and the mountains. And to spend this season is going to be in a city. I think is just a really cool little touch, and it's just something different. It makes the world feel that much bigger and more immersive. Yeah, and it, it it's like. The first season, you felt like it was, you know, they were introducing everyone and doing exposition. And then the second season, if you count Mugen Train within the second season, you've already gotten some formative events, tragedy. And now, especially, I mean, this episode's on the nose with the title um, and with them cross-dressing and all that and with with, uh, Zenitsu having a moment of bravery and Inosuke having kind of an identity crisis and Everyone really, but Tanjiro. Tanjiro's just a hard worker, no matter what he's wearing or, or who yeah. he's wearing. Or what you call I would it. be disappointed if he wasn't. But it is cool oh. to see Tanjiro really taking a back seat right now. I mean, I'm sure that he will come back to the front, but I'm glad that they've made an effort to spend more time. It, Zenitsu is, 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 it seems like this is going to be his arc. Um, but either way, like to have Tanjiro kind of take a back seat a little bit. And it goes back to what you mentioned with the slow playing, with the, the sun breathing shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to, really take the time to not let these other characters get left in the dust like a lot of other secondary characters do particularly in shonen anime yeah this it feels like they're going to keep the they're going to do a try to do a good job of you know and especially because i mean the with the manga being done we're you know we're halfway through the anime so you would think at this point they're going to keep the gang together until you know Demon Slayer Super Deluxe in 2026 debuts. Right. Do you have any final thoughts for episode two yeah. and episode three? Yeah. Let it rip. That goes she bad to the bone. <sighs> no way. Nah. Ew. Yeah. Pinnacle music right there. I like it. It's I mean, like... I'm not judging you. 
Yeah. I only know real rappers like T-Pain, Soldier Boy, Akon, and Young Jeezy. Soldier Boy was influential, you know. Uh, I mean, it was terrible too, but <laughs> it was in my childhood. So I was like, yeah, Soldier Boy, turn my swag on. This song speaks to me, Dad. You still understand. Yeah, it's like I, I don't think we're in the best era of music. I also didn't think I also don't think music ended in 1973. So it's like I'm kind of in between. Sure. But I recognized when I was listening to Lil Wayne and whatever back in like 2007 that that wasn't great. It was, you know, is whatever. I mean, it's good for like if you listen to a bunch of music, then Lil Wayne's eventually not going to be your favorite anymore, most likely. Yeah, you know, it's not like I've listened to everyone and no one tops the Wayne. Like it's not going to be like that. But yeah. if it's like for some people, if that's like just a vibe they're looking for, and they're not like yeah. trying to be like historians or whatever, because a lot of that's like privileged white guy shit, you know. Oh yeah, well, and I mean, we live in a, a day where we can get on a computer and listen to any song from any day in a second, and like that's pretty yeah. cool. But it also spoils us. Look, I'm not trying to judge. Like, I don't, I, I legitimately don't give a shit. Like, listen to what you like. It's fine. Um, I just, a lot of the new rap to me seems to run together, but I'm not immersed in it. So, like, I do really like um, Pusha T a lot, but that's a lot of that has to do with the fact that when he raps, like, I, I generally understand every word he's saying and it's not just like sounds. Yeah. Like, the artists like Uzi and Playboy kind of stand out, but in in my opinion but in for the for the most part a lot of that rap is i think people go in trying to listen to the lyrics and you're just going to get mad yeah it's not well, they're, the they're not going they're going for a sound and that's fine like i you know no it's judgment a mood do your thing yeah it's a vibe i listen to demon slayer uh it's good we tangerell got the slayer yeah 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 slayer <laughs> slay 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 <laughs> Nezuko in the box and no skate strong as an ox. Mm. Pass me the ox. Uh. My wife. This is my wife. This is her clone. <laughs> this is my other wife. Add to the bone. Uh. Double D, triple D. You know me. I'm tanking G. Oh, nice. So we got to think of a really white name for this. Two corny white guys talk about hip hop and Demon Slayer. I don't know. I don't know if we can top. I, I liked Flamboyant Menace, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> that is good. Attack, Attack of the Bones. I don't know. Mm. The uh, Attack of the Bone Thugs in Harmony. A letter to... There's a movie from like the late 40s called A Letter to Three Wives. And mm. like these three women... I don't know if they're I don't know if they're on like a cruise or like a vacation or something like that. And their friend, they get a letter from their from a friend and she's like, I've run off like I've fallen in love with one of your husbands. Right. She's mm -hmm. like, I've fallen in love and I've, I'm running off with one of your husbands, but doesn't tell them who makes mm. them play a game to figure out who it's That's so cold. shitty. That's yeah. very shitty. Yeah. Wow, you could I could be like I could picture myself watching that and be like, women can't be friends. There you go, right there. Yeah, that's toxic. And then I would just keep that mindset for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. and I would dress it with other stuff. But it would really be because I saw that movie and that just like, and mm -hmm. that like. Uh, my, uh, Where do you stand on um, 
a hobby bicyclist wearing their speedos when you see them on the side of the street going to town. You mean wearing like the full the, full, full the, tights? What's your what's your stance on the full tights? Like the long, like the uh, the tight uh, thigh length shorts. Yes, I'm talking. You're on the side of the street and you are dressed like Lance Armstrong. I don't mind it out here as much because they have bike lanes everywhere in Louisville. It was the worst because they don't have bike lanes set up. And so I'd be on the East end of Louisville with a lot of old money and it would just be, you know, these old men going 20 miles an hour, thinking they're Lance Armstrong um, in their defense, their bike probably costs more than your car. You know, share the road. No, it's with, it's within their right, but no, I fantasized about killing every single one of them. I want I don't think it is their right. I think the road is not I think we pay taxes for that road to be for cars, not bicycles. If they want to ride a motorcycle, that's one thing. I don't think that's what that's for. So I was upset about it. Then COVID happened, knocked off a bunch of them. So I'm okay. <laughs> I feel it feels a little even now again. Yeah. MLS this year, I think New York City FC won. Um, and a bunch of people were like, Oh yeah, New York City is back. And it's like, yeah, but are they like you can't just pretend to care right when you, a team – like, I I don't know. I, I go to New York fairly often. I didn't see a lot of NYCFC shirts. You know, if the Yankees win, even if the Mets win, like, at least I know those people actually care year-round. But, like, NYCFC, I don't even know how long they've been around. The Mets are fun to, to watch lose because of Seinfeld. The Mets are fun to watch lose because it's just a tradition like, unlike any other. When New York was really terrible in the 80s, the Mets were good and the Yankees. I mean, it really was like a parallel universe. The Mets like dominated that decade when New York was like at the worst crime it ever had. And yeah. then um, actually world. Four, four mutated turtles in the early 90s are noted with cleaning up a lot of it. I heard about that. Yeah. Poor tippers, though. Definitely. Chandler said, I asked him about Ninja Turtles, and he said that Michelangelo and Raphael were his favorites. So, yeah, that's two pretty good ones. I feel like as a kid, Mikey they have the was most personality. Probably, Mikey was probably my favorite as a kid because he just felt the most extreme. It was like the most 90s thing. You know, he was skateboarding the most. He liked the pizza the most. He was telling the most 90s jokes. I think as far as Demon Slayer goes, it feels like in those case, like the Michelangelo of the group. You know, honestly, yeah, in some ways though, he's kind of he's kind of a Zenitsu too, because it's like the the natural talent like that takes over, but he doesn't actually want to work. Yeah, I, I like, think because Inosuke is kind of a grinder, where Zenitsu is like looking for the easy way all the time. Yeah, in some ways, I th I think Leonardo's easy to to pick. That's you know a thousand percent Tanjiro, but yeah. the other ones the, they kind of all have different attributes. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good that wasn't a good comparison by me. <laughs> I mean, you could have done worse. What was your favorite controller as a kid when you were growing up? Like just like felt right in the hands, the buttons were were they made sense to you, just the most intuitive, comfortable, ergonomic controller for you as a kid or now? Um probably the PlayStation when they added the DualShock and they've kept that ever since. I've always liked that the best. See, I hated on 
the the way the Xbox was so bulky when it came out that controller. It basically copied the the PlayStation controller, but it made it like you were holding a giant brick. But I'll give them the, give them some credit here. There was a happy medium that Sony kind of met down the road by beefing up their controller. The PS5 controller is so comfortable. It's like the layout you're used to, but they beefed it up to where it just feels more natural in my hand. Maybe, maybe it's because, you know, they're making them because they know people that are 30 plus are playing it. Whereas back then it was more kids. I don't know, but it feels bigger in my hands and it's still the, the layout that I'm used to. PS5 is so comfortable and I love the, uh, the triggers, the L2 and R2 triggers. They just, they, they feel good. I have a friend who I uh, spoke to recently <clears throat> and I texted him. I said, if Johnny Depp was to die and his dying wish was to be uh, cremated and then cut with cocaine and he wanted you to snort that, or even if he didn't want you to snort that, would you snort that? And he said, 1000%. And without even telling you his name, you know what friend that is. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you I'm do. afraid to know. Yeah, you do know. Well, it's like <coughs> we're gonna have to cut you down to a half pack a day. There were elements of this in like the Oscar slap where I thought it felt like a boondocks episode, but not so much as this. This is even more so where it's like white people love Johnny Depp. It's they like really when, do. They really when, do. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Huey because Riley, Riley was always like on Boondocks. Riley was like pro R. Kelly the whole time because he represents like the other side of the coin. And Huey is not. But by the end of it, when like he's singing his apology and he, he's being hoisted on everyone's shoulders, Huey's like, why uh, people love R. Kelly? <laughs> and this is our this is our moment now with Johnny Depp. He's our guy. Yeah, I don't people know. just love Johnny Depp so much that he goes up and he's doing concerts again, like playing guitar for whoever and he's going to do pirates again and he's like clearly yeah. acting in the courtroom but it's mm -hmm. like yeah but they're they're both acting look they're both they're crazy they're both yeah um look if She's if the things, on really if the bad, things that she alleges are true that's terrible and I, I if that happened then i hope it comes out and that he gets caught for it but on the other side it, of that, it did come out. It sounds like it just didn't like it just didn't matter. Did the, did the specifics that like she said that like he really put his hands on her and stuff? I don't I don't want to get too into the weeds on this. It's like big bank. I'm far I think from it's just informed like, on it. I think it's just big bank take little bank. Like she's got money, she can't get a legal team together. She can't go against him. So if it's like he said she, it's she said he said Johnny Depp said not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Because all those things are like 99 per, like you can't prove a lot of it. And so then it just people go with who they who they want to come out on top. Which yeah, is and I, I don't like, I don't I don't like that. But so. it, that is the reality of the world we live in. It's tough, man. It's like a, a, a innocent until proven guilty or is it the opposite? I don't know, you know, but. Depends on. Uh, you need you got to pay for the elite readers of. Of laws. The guys who just really read it so well and just know how to like the really good ones. Mm -hmm. So like the people that write for the Huff Post. I'm just glad Nick Cage would never do that. Hopefully we just never know.
someone was like, you know, he's had like five wives. And I'm like, yeah, he's too much man for just, you know, like he's got a lot of love to give. I hate to assume everyone's terrible. It just feels safer that way. <laughs> I don't know. In my experience, the Hollywood elite are down to earth, grounded, relatable, hardworking, honest people. There's no facade. There's no, you know, superiority complex. None of that. These are just, you know, salt of the earth people. Remember when you were a kid? And you would go to the toy aisle and it felt like it was like the longest winding road of amazing action figures and cars and stuff. I go to the toy aisle now and I don't know if it's just that like you have those like kid goggles on when you're a child or if they are just honestly smaller and and there's less going on. It seems like it's a fraction, like like not even like a fourth of what it used to be when I was a kid going to these toy aisles now. And, and now, maybe see, it's an me, online thing is, is the reason why. I don't know. Maybe. It feels, I don't know. It feels about the same to me. There's when probably I, less detail put into, because there's more characters. It's just about making more characters, not putting detail into like the action figures. Like this little Jar Jar action figure you got me. Yeah. Like he moves his neck. He's got like a little vest that could come off. He's got a spear. Like there's just a lot of details that go into it. Mm-hmm. But it's because there aren't as many characters like everyone's watching. Right. Everyone's watching Ninja Turtles or they're watching. You know, you have. a, You know, you get that. You don't have those things where. Um, everyone watched the show and everyone can talk about it because there's like a hundred different. There's a hundred different shows. Everyone could be on a different. Maybe. But if, if there's a hundred different shows, there should be a hundred different toys in the toy aisle. There's not. And I am the, the one of the cool things about having a little boy. Um, so, you know, shout out to John. Um, I spend a lot more time in the toy aisle now and I can say that it's for him while it's in reality, it's, it's equally for me. Cause I'm just curious to see, you know, the wrestling toys and the star Wars toys and all that, but it just doesn't seem like it was when I was a kid. Um, I, I do have a weird theory. Um, hear me out on this. In Human annihilation. Wars, I'm with it. You're, why are you, you're, get out of my head. Sorry. The Star Wars action figures. I don't know if it's just a regional thing because I'm in Kentucky, but like all of the Star Wars action figures are gone in every Walmart that I go to, except for two characters, <laughs> Lando and Leia, and they are the only ones. So I can't figure out why it's like, hmm. Two of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> go figure. Well, like, I'm not, okay. a, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Yeah. We can't we can't find a, a Han Solo or a Boba Fett or no, just literally. And I'm I'm telling you like multiple targets, multiple WalMarts in this area, people buy them all. But I'll be damned if Lando and Leia are fully stocked in every store I go to in Kentucky. Is Star Wars just for like white guys? Read into that what you want, Walker. Yeah. All I'm saying is I'm in Kentucky, and those are the characters that are left. Now, I, I can think of a way that the Leia action figure would not be still available is if they came out with the uh, Jabba the Hutt Jabba the Hutt slave princess Leia when she's wearing the sexy little outfit. Now that one, that's probably sold out. She's wearing the full like robe on the one that I keep seeing. I want a C3P bro. That's what's up. Where he's like, according to my calculations. I'll fuck you up, bitch. I don't know.
I am intensely terrified that we're going to record an episode and not actually hit the record button one day. So like, that's like one of my biggest fears is that we waste each other's time and then we go through the whole episode and then it's like, I don't want to do that again. Let's just skip that episode or just quit the podcast altogether. (laughs) And we we don't even mention balls energy. Shout out. Shout out to balls. Six flavors. It's made with real guarana. Yeah, a lot of a lot of energy drinks won't give you real guarana. Mm-mm. Balls will. You need to hit balls up if you need them to sponsor your next land party. Or campaign dinner. <laughs> For your favorite senator. Or leader. <laughs> you know how like people can be like, I don't know, asexual or something. I want to be apolitical. I'm so sick of politics from both sides. So this is certainly a way to get people on either side of the political aisle to hate me. But I'm like, I hate all of you. I'm sick of the arguing. I'm sick of the screaming. I'm just, I hate everyone. (laughs) Right. I don't know if times were just better when we were kids. If we were just kids, so we didn't know the difference. If we didn't have social media, so we didn't see what all of our neighbors thought or if that we didn't have 24-hour news networks to tell us what to think. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But whatever it is, I just, I don't, I don't want to see what my neighbor thinks about tax policy. And I don't, I just, I, I, it's not that I don't care because this shit does matter. Like it does affect us. But I just hate that civility is, is dead, that politics has turned into a team sport and that we just fucking attack one another. Yeah, it's arguably not good. Yeah. Not great. If the world goes to hell, I'm going to be one of the first people to die. That's for certain because I'm not, I don't, I can't hunt and I can't farm. It's going to buck. Can't run a trot line. Yeah. I'm screwed. Once McDonald's stops having a drive through, I'm fucked. Do you say ma'am? I I still say ma'am and sir. Do you say grace? I still drink from the hose. Okay. If you ain't into that, fuck you. I think that's the lyrics. That's Playboy Cardi, right? As uh, Hank Williams made that song for Matt Hughes to walk out to in the UFC. That's what's up. Remember that time we met Matt Hughes? And the only thing you wanted from him was to shake his hand. And he threw a limp noodle hand at you and turned and walked away as he was shaking your hand. I remember that. You are the, and he didn't have a fight going on. He was at these weigh-ins for strike force. He was there for Lawler. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm not saying you owe it to him, but drop the whole like Southern country, like good old boy (laughs) shtick because that is not you. His memoir. I got like five chapters in and I mean, it was like sucking his whole dick, the whole book. I read it. It was like a Nickelback song at the beginning because it was like my dad used to like beat my mom around. But then I got but then everybody was like, man, if Matt gets too big, you're going to be in trouble. And my dad even was like, yeah, if Matt gets too big, I'm being real trouble. And then and so then like I got too big and then sure enough, he was in trouble or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then he never did nothing again because I was like, you're not I'm, 
It's like, oh my god. Dude. Yeah, he's he's he marks out for himself like nobody's business. It's he it's reminds wild. me of that Nickelback song. You know, it's like I judge by what she's wearing, just how many heads I'm tearing off of assholes coming on to her. I remember back when songs like that, they would make music videos, like they would sync it up to like Dragon Ball Z fights. I need I need more of that. AMVs. Yeah, yeah, like the the nine eleven tribute that they did. It's like, oh, so. we need to honor nine eleven. Here's a fight of Piccolo fighting Yajirobe. DVZ had really good AMVs, probably had the most. But uh, I yeah, thought well, Samurai Champloo, popular. Samurai yeah. Champloo had really good ones because you could put well, a lot of their scenes over to like hip hop and stuff. Yeah, they were like actually good because it was you know, if you're a Samurai Champloo, okay, you can be into artsy and smart shit and be a dragon ball z fan you can but i would say that it has a much more wide appeal whereas samurai shampoo is probably more narrow in like its fandom and those people are probably going to have a better idea of how to sync something up and you know they're going to use like hip-hop that would make sense for that genre the the dragon ball z music videos they were great because of how cringe they were it's like let's get uh this cool lincoln park song and right <laughs> always i mean it was every other one is a lincoln park song yeah it's like sure. pod break, lincoln park. benjamin yeah what's uh, funny about those is they're usually fighting a guy on dragon ball z and those songs were usually about a woman that they hated yeah it's true i'll still crank up some breaking benjamin every now and then i mean Run it's away. a lot of it's cringe but i still enjoy it it's still fun i like a theory of a dead man mm-hmm. i am so fucking bored Oh man, there were some good ones, man. Like corn, uh, Lint Biscuit, Offspring, yeah, Everclear, Puddle of Mud, Incubus, yeah, Stained. Oh, Aaron Lewis, man, I love his voice. He's doing like country stuff now. <laughs> I, I'm sure when he, they're like, play, it's been a while. It's like I just played it. Yeah, sing it again. <laughs> but it's I mean, been a minute. He does have a cool, cool voice. Richard is killing it right now with our um, video editing and stuff like that. And I'm really excited to see some of the stuff that he and I have been communicating about trying to to organize. Like the real folk dudes, we're like uh, the Corleone family. We're going like fully legit, very fully soon. Legit. Yeah. Fully legit. So be on the lookout for some, some really cool real folk dudes, um, visual graphic shit like uh, we're we're gonna keep faking it till we make it for sure, and and Richard has been a big part of that. Yeah, shout out to Richard for sure. Dick Manley. Did you ever finish Final Fantasy VII? No, you're not going to. I I don't have a problem with online video games, but for me, the the game that I wanted to play online was World of Warcraft when it came out. I had played Warcraft 2, I had played Warcraft, I owned Warcraft 2 and Warcraft 3, and and World of Warcraft was something that I was like, this will be the coolest thing ever. Like, it to me, it felt like it was going to be like a Dungeons & Dragons in real life, you know what I mean? Like, I get on here and I can be a, a fucking yeah. orc or whatever, and I could play with my friends and we'll actually go fight dragons together or whatever it would be. But you had to pay uh, like a subscription for it and... I was a kid. I didn't have money to do that. So that was, and and I think I'm kind of jaded to a lot of online video games really from that moment of like me being like in like middle school. Like I'm sure at, at some point, and I may play that with you guys or something. I don't know. 
probably not, but I'll play something online. And when I do, I'll have to figure out how to actually even set that up. You're Fred Flintstone? Yeah, I'm Fred Flintstone with the PlayStation 5 and fiber internet. So check yourself, bitch. I won't check myself. <laughs> I will never bow. I will not break. I don't know. It's something kind of funny and poetic about me using my PlayStation 5 to play Chrono Cross, a game that came out in like 1997. You know, it can do more things than that. Right. Judd, uh, our mutual friend who is really big into video games, was like, you know, what kind of games do you play? He's like, I play a lot of like horror games and stuff like that. And I was like, mostly mid 90s to early 2000s Japanese RPGs. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, you don't need a PS5 to do that, man. Yeah. But there are, there are a lot of PS5 titles I'm excited about. They just haven't come out yet. He likes that. I watched him play the, uh, that Mario Builder game where you like build your own Mario levels and stuff. Hmm, and that like, sounds cool. Yeah, that, that doesn't pique my interest, but I could see if you were really into that, like you would, that, that would yeah. be like the only game. I could see that being the only game someone would play if they were like, that'd be something my brother would like. Yeah, your brother would be amazing at that. Um, my brother was really good at SimCity. I believe that. I bet he'd be good at Minecraft. Like, cause you, if you have like the attention span to really like just be very narrow focused, like you could build something crazy. Like you could build like a whole bat cave and then a whole Gotham city over top of it and everything. You know, PS5, you've got that game that the one game I want to play where you're in like in Japan and like you have to like fight these demons and you can use magic and stuff. I think I sent you the trailer to it. It looks awesome. Um, it's out now. I'd like to play that. And then the Harry Potter game looks sick. And the Batman game looks sick. Uh, there's a new Final Fantasy game coming out, which will probably just piss me off, but I'll play it. There's a few more that just aren't coming to my head right now, but I, I'm excited about it. But I think they wanted the PS5 to be out for a little while so people had time to get it before they started coming out with these big, big-time titles. What's nice about a game like Rocket League is it's not like... Yeah, you don't have to, you can play it two minutes, two hours. It's not like a guaranteed you need to invest 40 hours yeah. into it if you want to beat it, which, I mean, it's fine if you want to go into that world, but it's like binge watching uh, a television series, basically, yeah. in terms of time. Well, the thing of it is, though, to be competitive in a game like that, like I play video games to escape the fact that I am not great i don't want to get on, on a video game and play with somebody that plays all the time and get my ass kicked and be like well this isn't even fun so i get my ass kicked in real life and then i get my ass kicked in this video game that's cool what's nice is when you win because then it's like if you've been getting yeah. your ass kicked and then you, you get far a between. little bit better and you get over yeah. that hump to where you start like doing a little bit better there's that sense of accomplishment but i mean it's short-lived because then you just get bumped up to a higher level and get shit on again yeah I just like the idea of being able to be like, I completed this game and I can put it on the shelf and say I beat it. Whereas Rocket League, there is no end. It's just like you just play until you get sick of it. It's literally just a, a time suck. You know what I mean? It's Any like a, game, it's a sports I guess game. Is, yeah. Yeah, there's no like story or anything, yeah. but you know, most video game stories aren't movie quality. Oh, Some are. Great anyways, yeah. Some are, but you've got to you play, play 40, 50, 60 hours for it. Did you play Fortnite? Uh, Corey is big in the Fortnite world. That's another thing that, and I sound, I know I'm an old man. Like I'll leave that to the kids. They can have that and TikTok and little Uzi Vert. Like that's, you know, I I'm into enough kid stuff that I don't have to take all of it. I'll leave some of it for them, but I do appreciate that 
it did what I've been saying, which is like, hey, we don't have to focus so hard on graphics and making everything look just as real as possible. Like, what if we just tried to make the game fun? And I think that that sounds like Rocket League and that sounds like what Fortnite was, which is just like, let's get away from just being as real as possible and focus on just something fun. Yeah, the physics in Rocket League can baffle me sometimes. So, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> do you remember the physics in Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Oh, now, yeah. If you could really do that in real life, I would be a pro skater because totally. that was sick. Like, oh, I can just grind on a rail for like 50 feet. Sweet. Yeah, all you got to do is balance. That's all it is. Like, okay, yeah, cool. You're Let's just a it. human subway. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. And the soundtrack in those games. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what sets it. I think most great games, like a lot of great movies, have great soundtracks. It's almost, yeah. it's not required, but it feels very complimentary. Yeah, forget Rocket League. I want to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater with my boys. I want to log on and be able to chat with you guys while we just like shred a half pipe. Yeah, we'll all quit the game we play to play the game you want to play. Okay, well, first of all, I was being sarcastic. Second of all, it doesn't exist. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) And third of all, fuck you. There we go. There we go. (laughs) We've been talking about Rocket League for a minute now. I couldn't even tell you what Rocket League looks like. I'm picturing it's just dudes shooting rocket launchers at each other. No, it's like soccer. So it's three on three and you, every player has a car and there's a giant ball and that you're hitting the ball around. Try to score. Hmm. Is it based on any kind of real sport or is it just like a a silly version of soccer? It looks a lot like soccer, but there's demolition and there's flying and boosters and racing. And so there's elements of, demolition hockey scrubbing hmm. but with the the soccer hockey objective of trying to score and where do they know. make their money is there like skins you can buy or upgrades for your gear or something i think so i think there's probably just a lot of advertisements and stuff uh, okay I, I knew it wasn't just a free game because nobody's doing that anymore yeah no no free lunches yeah i would rather though full disclosure i would rather pay full price for a game and that be that than what like like what like the ea model which is like we'll charge you a little less and then we'll just nickel and dime you on every little thing you want to do sure but that's annoying i hate in app purchases or in game like there's a word for it i can't remember what it's called got ea games games or something (laughs) yeah ea games charge for everything yeah i think it's called gotcha games but i i hate that it's a it's a awful and i think honestly where it started was like the candy crush i think middle-aged women playing candy crush like dumping tons of money for candy crush i think maybe farmville was another one and it just changed the way these game companies they're like oh we can suck you in with a free game and then like make a killing off of you once you're addicted to it yeah it's like the first hits free baby no yeah it works I get it. They're not in the business of making games for free, but it's it's annoying. I hate that, and I hate everything is is a subscription now. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to watch that one show from this network that has no other good shows? Well, the only way you're going to watch it is if you pay $9.99 a month to subscribe. And we know you'll delete it, but we hope you won't, and some of you will forget, and then we'll keep just siphoning that $9.99 a month. That's what they do with like Planet Fit Fitness, like gym memberships oh, yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. like that. It's real cheap, but then it's super crowded and discouraging to go and all that. Yeah, but no lunks though. 
true. Planet Fitness gets those big celebrities now. I've seen they had like Dennis Rodman and Lindsay Lohan doing ads for them. Like either one of those people would work out in that gym. Like, come on. But like their budget is through the roof. They're making a killing apparently. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't know if I've seen those. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's two good people to get, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you who's done more cocaine between the two of them. Probably Dennis, just off longevity. Just longevity, yeah. That, staying. That's why he's a Hall of Famer, because he's just, you know, steady. I remember them talking about he, like, would go out and party, like, hard. Like, hard drugs, hard alcohol, and then come in the next night and just get, like, 15 boards like it was nothing. Crazy. I feel like we've spent more time talking about random stuff. Cut the stuff that's not. Well, thanks for listening to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. Be sure to check back with us as we break down episodes four and five. Make sure you follow us on our social media and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Real Folk Dudes signing off.